from two beautiful psalms. First, from Psalm 91, and secondly, the 23rd Psalm. Our text this evening is found in the fourth verse of Psalm 23. You might notice that the, really the theme of Psalm 91 is very similar to that of our text in verse 4 of the 23rd Psalm, emphasizing the security of God's people in him. We hear the word of God. First we read Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers, and under His wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, The young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet, because he hath set his love upon me. Therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. We turn to the 23rd Psalm, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thus far we read from God's infallibly inspired word. As I said, our text this evening is found in the familiar, beloved 23rd Psalm, verse 4. Verse 4, where we read, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, 
I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Beloved congregation in our Lord Jesus Christ, sheep need protection. I would remind you at the outset that our great Creator God has in His wisdom and goodness created the animal, the sheep, as a picture of us, His people. Quite a defenseless animal. Generally speaking, a rather weak, dependent animal, inclined to be foolish, stubborn, inclined to go astray. A clear picture of us. Sheep need protection. Our text for this evening brings back memories from my youth growing up with sheep for several years on my father's farm in south-central Iowa, in the Pella area. Sometimes sheep would endanger themselves foolishly, getting stuck in the mud by a pond or getting their heads stuck in the wire netting of the fence, trying to get the grass on the other side. Predators were a danger. Stray dogs, coyotes were a threat to the safety of the sheep. Just a few years ago, our younger son, who lives in the Edmonton area, Western Canada, emailed us some pictures of a good-sized black bear that had been treed by the sheepdogs not far from the flock on the farm where his wife grew up, not so far from Lacombe. Sheep need protection. It's especially true spiritually of us as the sheep of God's pasture, those who, by the grace of God, belong to the Good Shepherd. It was nearly 3,000 years ago that David, the young son of Jesse, cared for his father's flock in the hills surrounding Bethlehem. And David encountered some very frightening experiences in defense of his father's flock when he stood before King Saul prior to his encounter with the Philistine giant Goliath David described his experiences we read of that in 1 Samuel chapter 17 from verse 34 David said unto Saul thy servant kept his father's sheep and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. History records numerous incidents of shepherds 
encountering wild animals, sometimes thieves, sometimes having to surrender their lives in defense of the flock. The one difference between such accounts and the promises given by the great shepherd is that our Lord cannot be overwhelmed by any enemy. And that's why David, in this beloved soul-strengthening verse, was able to find comfort, even though he knew well that there were many dangers ahead. And from that point of view, we see a change in this very familiar psalm here at verse 4. Notice that, that up to this point, it seems the sheep has been speaking to others of the excellent care it has received from its shepherd. The psalmist confesses that Jehovah God is his shepherd, that he does not want He has no lack. The shepherd makes him lie down in green pastures and leads him beside the still waters. All his wants and needs are completely fulfilled. The shepherd leads and guides him in the way of everlasting righteousness. And that way his soul is restored from its unrest and misery. So up to this point, all seems as bliss, peace, joy, contentment. But notice that now in verse 4, the psalmist begins, Yea, though, or literally, even though. Yes, David has pointed out that the Lord's protection and guidance are easily assumed when we are by the still waters, literally the waters of rest. But now he's emphasizing the fact that we may rejoice in Jehovah's leadership and protection even though our journey takes us through the darkest and the most threatening experiences of life. Notice too that we see this transition here in the psalm from the fact that now the sheep speaks intimately to his shepherd. The personal pronouns, I and thou, enter the conversation. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Even through the valley of the shadow of death, our shepherd guides and protects us. And we, the sheep of his pasture, find comfort in Jehovah, the God of our salvation. It's in this light that we consider our text this evening under the theme, Protected by Our Shepherd. And we notice, first of all, our need of protection, and secondly, our comfort in Jehovah. Both in the land of Palestine and on the larger western sheep ranches in our country as well as western Canada, the efficient sheepmen would endeavor to take their flocks onto distant, rich mountain pastures during the summer months. 
would often entail quite a lengthy journey. And often it was quite a difficult and dangerous journey. The hill country of Judah was broken up by narrow and precipitous valleys or ravines through which one must go in order to get to the good pasture. And those valleys abounded with caves and dens which provided perfect hiding places for both a wild beast as well as robbers. And there were dangers of rampaging rivers, flash flood, avalanche, poisonous plants, terrible storms. This all makes plain what the psalmist means when he speaks of walking through the valley of the shadow of death. It's important to understand from the outset that David is not speaking only about the day of our death. Our text is often pretty much limited to that. And certainly this is a very comforting word of God at the time of the loss of a loved one. But it's not so that the previous verses, in them we see that the wants and needs of this present life are taken care of, and that now our text concerns only our death, that even then our shepherd will take care of us. Now that's true, of course, but our text means much more than that. Not only is he with me when I will make that final journey, when I'm on my deathbed, but he is with me throughout all my life here on earth. And it's this ladder that's really on the foreground, also here in our text. The point is, All through our earthly life, we are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. All of scripture teaches that we lie in the midst of death, that we die every day, that we carry about with us the body of this death. David is not merely referring to the time of our physical death, but he's referring to all the dark and bitter experiences of our lives. Notice, we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The text does not say that we stop there or that we die there, but rather, I walk through. And our walk is really our whole life, our whole pilgrim's journey in the midst of this world. We walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It's a very graphic expression, the shadow of death. The prophet Jeremiah used this language in his prophecy in chapter 2, verse 6. We read there, Neither said they, Where is the Lord that brought us up out of the land of Egypt? that led us through the wilderness, through a land of deserts and of pits, through a land of drought, and notice, of the shadow of death, through a land that no man passed through, and where 
no man dwelt. We also have this expression used in Psalm 44, verse 19, where we read, Though thou hast sore broken us in the place of dragons, and covered us with the shadow of death. Clearly the sense of this expression is a blend of imminent danger and possible death. Now there are those who would make light of this expression, even make light of these dark experiences. They say, after all, the text speaks only of the shadow of death. And it's been said that only fools and little children are afraid of shadows. After all, the The shadow of a sword can't cut. The shadow of a dog won't bite. The one who has truly walked through the valley would not utter such foolishness. For where there is a shadow, there is also the corresponding reality. And if I should see the shadow of a large dog with its bared teeth coming toward me, I would not remain still and at ease merely because I could not yet see the dog itself. Common sense would tell me that the shadow is being produced by something, and my suspicion would be that it was a a real dog about to bite. From this point of view, beloved, it's It's very dangerous and foolish to make light of the dangers, the adversities that we encounter in life. That's certainly true spiritually. Satan, that roaring lion who walks about seeking whom he may devour, is a deadly enemy. And the whole world of unbelief sets itself against us on every side. And we have daily to strive against our own evil natures, that nature which would carry us as close to the danger as possible. Beware, spiritually, the dangers are very real. And who would argue the fact that the adversities of our lives are very real? The afflictions, the sufferings, the sorrows, the hardships and trials and tribulations of this present time. can weigh as heavy burdens upon us. And we cannot stop or stifle the question, why? Why do I have to walk this way? Through the valley of the shadow of death, this frightening way through that dark valley. And be not deceived, 
For there are some who would proclaim a gospel of health and wealth and success for the Christian. That the Christian life ought be a bed of roses. And if yours isn't, well, then you're just, you just don't have enough faith. Be not deceived. But yet, the question, why? Why must I face countless adversities, this dark way of deep affliction and pain, suffering, such infirmities of age, such trial, tribulation, emotional and spiritual struggles, And yes, ultimately, death itself. Of course, our earthly, feeble minds cannot fully comprehend the reasons why, while we are yet on this side of the grave, but we are assured in the word of our God that It is for our good, yea, that he works all these things together for our good. We know that it is to prepare us for our place in Father's house, that temple. And it is to strengthen our faith in our God, our faithful shepherd, and to draw us nearer and closer to him. It is to make us realize our weakness and our dependence upon him. But it all comes down to the fact that our all-wise, all-knowing God, our shepherd, knows that this is the best way for our sakes and ultimately unto his glory. That's true in the natural sense with respect to sheep as well. The shepherd knows that the best route to the lush mountain grass is through the dangerous valleys. The valleys have the gentlest grades. The valleys are also where there will be springs and streams and pools of water to drink and also the richest grass, the best forage are to be found along that route. So through the ravines, the canyons, the valleys, the shepherd slowly but surely takes his flock. Yes, he's aware of the fact that there are dangers there. There may be predators, coyotes, bears, wolves, cougars that take refuge in the surrounding rocky cliffs. And those valleys and canyons, as we've noted, can be subject to sudden storms and flash floods. But in spite of the hazards, the shepherd knows that this is still the best way to take his flock. In this connection, I would remind you of another characteristic of sheep. In addition to being rather weak, 
and helpless animals, generally speaking, sheep also are inclined to give up very easily. They have very little courage or persistence oft times. And when they experience hardship or affliction or danger, sometimes they simply give up and die. Beloved, that's our nature too. How easily we can be upset, shaken up, frightened, panicked by the adversities and dangers of life. And when those dark shadows would begin to sweep over us and the path we tread looks gloomy, we can be inclined to slip into a deep slump of despair. We can almost be overwhelmed by a spiritual pessimism. Sometimes we simply feel like giving up. Let us understand, beloved, the psalmist David did not speak of the valley of the shadow of death to strike fear into our hearts or to discourage us, but rather to remind us that our safety and security are found in our shepherd. Our great shepherd never promises us immunity from affliction or adversity or sorrow. But he does promise the grace to endure and to overcome. Think of the testimony of the Apostle Paul. We read of it in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 where he talks about that thorn in the flesh that caused him such distress that he repeatedly prayed that it might be removed. What was the answer to his prayer? We read in verses 9 and 10, He said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. How did Paul respond? Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then Am I strong? Yes, we all travel through the valley of the shadow of death. The good shepherd himself assured us that in the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And so the basic question is not whether the valley at the present time is dark or merely dim with the shadow of death. The question is, how do we go through the valley? How 
How do we cope with the hardships, even the calamities that shall come our way? And the grand testimony of David in light of all the potential danger was, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Now note carefully, he did not say, I will encounter no evil. Such a statement would have been contrary to his own experience as well as the clear teaching of God's word. Note that David did not derive comfort from the weakness of the enemy. It wasn't that he minimized the dangers he faced, nor did he derive comfort from his own inherent strength. Bring it on. I can handle it. Oh, no. He was comforted by the fact that his shepherd was with him. And centrally, that shepherd is with us in his only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who would be called Emmanuel, God with us. And the Good Shepherd has told us, Lo, I am with you always. And we really understand the importance of the attributes of God's omnipresence. He's everywhere present. His omnipotence, that he is the all-powerful, almighty God. And of his faithfulness, there's always the sense of confidence Assurance, comfort. These lofty truths are not included in the Psalms and throughout the scriptures merely to round out theological viewpoints. They are there and all through God's word to strengthen the faith of God's people to remove fear and bring comfort. Think for a moment what it means to say with respect to our shepherd for thou art with me one commentator gives a good illustration of the significance of that statement he had been excavating ancient tombs at biblical Heshbon had opportunity to observe a a dark cave at the bottom of a certain ravine And he had entered the cave with a light and a stick and had probed its corners for snakes or scorpions, for any possible dangers. And he determined that the cave was perfectly safe. And when a young boy from the nearby village came to watch his work, the man invited the boy to come with him into the cave. But the young lad refused to enter, noting the darkness before him and the uncertainty of the whole situation. 
The man encouraged him, reminded him that he had already been in the cave and there was no danger present, but nothing would change the boy's mind. But pretty soon, the boy's father came by and looking at the cave, he said to his son, let's go inside and examine the work. And to the man's utter amazement, the boy took his father's hand and walked right into the cave without blinking an eye. Later, he asked the boy why he had changed his mind, and he simply said, My father's here. I'm not afraid to enter the cave. And that, beloved, is precisely the sentiment of our text. We need not fear, because our father's here. Jehovah Our shepherd is with us. The presence of the Lord has provided encouragement for the saints throughout the ages. When the patriarch Jacob was at Bethel, fleeing from the wrath of his brother Esau, the Lord promised, I am with thee and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. As Joshua stood on the east bank of the Jordan River, ready to lead the great throng of the Israelites into the promised land of Canaan, the Lord strengthened him, with these words, that there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life, as I was with Moses, notice, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. When the Lord Jesus commissioned his disciples, he encouraged them with the words, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And that makes all the difference. Even as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we need fear no evil. The presence of our shepherd is a source of strength and courage unto us. Look back over your own life and see how the shepherd's hand has upheld you and sustained you even in the darkest hours. Isn't it so? Reflect on our Father's faithfulness in every crisis, in every frightening circumstance of life. Has not his grace always been sufficient? No, it's not easy. And sometimes it's a very difficult lesson to learn. Christ's own disciples had to learn that lesson too. Think of their great fear when they were crossing the Sea of Galilee in that terrible storm with Jesus sleeping peacefully in the bottom of the boat. 
And Jesus calmed the storm and rebuked his disciples. Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? The disciples had to learn that with Jesus with them, they had no reason to fear any of the storms of life that they would encounter. And we must learn that too. Perhaps also as congregation, as churches, as we pass through storms, our Lord Jesus Christ is with us. So, with us, as with sheep who may be attacked by predators, threatened by storms, frightened by the circumstances of life, by the darkness of the valley, we need not fear. Our shepherd is with us. And so we are also exhorted by the writer to the Hebrews in Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. Let your conversation conversation being our whole manner of life let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have for he hath said I will never leave thee nor forsake thee so that we may boldly say the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me And as a further explanation and to further bolster our confidence, David adds the statement, Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. What's the idea here? What was this rod, this staff, to which David referred? From the use of these words and our knowledge of oriental shepherding, we can conclude that these refer to two distinct implements or tools. These are the common and universal equipment of the ancient shepherd. A shepherd boy, from the time that he would first start tending his father's flock, would take special pride in the selection of a rod and a staff, exactly suited to his own size and strength. The rod in this context was a rather short stick or club, which was the main weapon of defense for the shepherd and his sheep. And a shepherd who had become skilled in the use of the rod could swing it or even throw it with great skill and accuracy. Nowadays, of course, the modern shepherd has weaponry, a gun, a rifle, shotgun to protect his flock from predators. I can recall my father sometimes going out late at night if he detected that the flock was restless, moving about, 
He would check for coyotes or stray dogs that might attack the sheep. Some years, such predators could take a rather heavy toll. But the point is, the shepherd has a means of protection. With his rod, he keeps the flock safe. In addition, the rod was used in the shepherd's hand to examine and even count the sheep. The Old Testament prophet Ezekiel refers to that in his prophecy, chapter 20, verse 37, for example, as passing under the rod. And that meant not only coming under the shepherd's control and authority, but also to be subject to his most careful and intimate and first-hand examination. The other piece of equipment, the staff, more than any other item of his personal equipment, identifies the shepherd as a shepherd. No one in any other profession carries a shepherd's staff. It's really uniquely an instrument used for the care and management of sheep, and pretty much only sheep. Staff will not work for working with cattle or horses or hogs. A staff is designed and shaped and adapted especially to the needs of sheep. And the staff is essentially a symbol of concern. The compassion that a shepherd has for his sheep. Whereas the rod conveys the concept of authority of power, of discipline, of defense against danger, the staff speaks of all that is long-suffering and kind. As you no doubt know, even most of you children, the shepherd's staff is a long, slender stick with a hook or crook on one end. Staff, too, was selected with great care by the owner and shaped and smoothed and cut to best suit his own personal use. In addition to leaning upon his staff for support and strength, the shepherd used his staff in the care of his flock. Skilled shepherds could use their staff with its hook reach down and pick up a newborn lamb and set it near its mother when they had been separated. He would use his staff to do that because a lamb with the odor of human hands upon it would often be rejected by its mother. In the same way, the shepherd could use the staff to reach out and catch an individual sheep, young or old, and draw it close to examine it. The staff could also be used for guiding the sheep 
with his staff, the shepherd could gently prod the sheep into a new path or through some gate or along a difficult route. With his staff, a shepherd could sometimes reach a lamb that had fallen into a hole or off the edge of a small cliff. And so we see that the rod and the staff are the symbols of a well-prepared shepherd and provide him with clear identity. In the light of Jehovah's sovereign power, the mere presence of the rod and the staff was enough to bring calm and comfort to the psalmist. They symbolize the greatness and the faithfulness of his shepherd. They confirmed his identity. They represented to him the protection and the security that he so desperately needed. Even as he walked through the valley of the shadow of death, he had comfort, true comfort, belonging to the faithful shepherd. Beloved, do you know that comfort? Do you have it? That wonderful sense of knowing your Savior is with you? That calm, quiet confidence in the knowledge that he is there, always there, day by day, moment by moment, to direct even the most insignificant, seemingly insignificant, circumstances of our daily lives. That he is there to protect us, to sustain us, to preserve us as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Yea, that he is there, causing all things to work together for good. That's comfort. Comfort that is ours with Jehovah as our shepherd. And then our way in the midst of this world is not so bad. Even looking ahead. Perhaps it appears as a dark, potentially dangerous cave. Iniquity abounds all about us. Persecution increases more and more. The days become increasingly dark. But our faithful shepherd will lead us through the valley even unto death and that simply means that from the moment of our birth to the moment of our death God will be with us never leaves us or forsakes us not for a split second cares for his sheep and his lambs to the very end 
And because that's true, no one and nothing can be against us. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. All things are for us. Even death is for us. Isn't that so? Oh yes, humanly speaking, death is horrible. Often accompanied with terrible sufferings. And we know that death is the expression of the wrath of God against sin. Death is part of the curse. No wonder that the apostle refers to death as the last enemy. But remember and believe that all that has been changed for his sheep. Death has been swallowed up in victory. The victory of the cross and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. No longer is death the end. Death is the beginning of perfect joy, fellowship with our eternal covenant-keeping God in glory. God will be our help even through the valley of the shadow of death and through death will bring us into the great glory and blessedness of his presence. Then we see that even though Yes, we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. What the psalmist declares is true. As we sing and will presently sing from Psalm 77, Thy way was in the sea, O God, through mighty waters deep and broad. None understood but God alone. To man thy footsteps were unknown, but Safe thy people, thou didst keep, almighty shepherd of thy sheep. Amen. Most merciful and gracious Heavenly Father, thou our great shepherd, we pray bless thy word unto our hearts and lives, young and old alike, in all our need, Regardless of how dim or dark the valley may be, we may go forward knowing thou art with us. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort us. Forgive us the littleness of our faith. Strengthen it. Draw us nearer and closer to thee. May thy name receive the glory. For Jesus' sake, amen. Let us sing together Psalter number 211. 211. From Psalm 77, the wonderful deeds of God. We'll sing all three stanzas, all three, number 211. <laughs> 